You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of Legends of Runeterra. This episode is supported by listeners like you. To become a supporter of Legends Cast, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. Uh, I we have a we have an abbreviated. It's not abbreviated. It's just like a slightly shorter episode from some technical issues. Um, we rebooted computers. We replugged in internet. We tore down internet companies and rebuilt them from the ground up. We bought. God, I wish we bought. Uh, we actually had to buy our own software and hardware companies to build new rigs. And as it turns mm-hmm. out, it was just a bad set of headphones all along. Well, yes and no. I mean, the other things had to be done. But uh, yeah, no. Um, DBN new, needs new headphones. DBN needs some new headphones, which means we need lots of we need lots of money. Lots of it. Yeah. <laughs> I did, however, I like part of the issue was internet, and I, I do currently have, uh, my router pulled into this current room, which was my original theory because I have been having issues with my router and like the Wi-Fi not always reaching consistently. Uh, so my uh, my router is in uh a different room with the cable dragging behind it through the rest of the apartment, and after that it didn't work, I did drag out a Ethernet cable. And run that halfway across the room from my computer to plug that in. So there's cables everywhere in my apartment right now. Uh, and that did speed up my internet considerably. But in reality, the biggest issue really was my headset was busted. Just broken. Just broken. So if you don't know who we are yet, this is the first episode you listen to because you're just getting into oh the God, game with not. the new release. Uh, <laughs> I'm the Lift, and my faithful and ever awesome co-host is Dead Broke Nerd. And so thank you yep. guys so much for tuning in and listening to this episode of Legends Cast. We're going to be talking about some uh, Targon, uh, some some mountains, some crystals, some uh, some daybreak, uh, some stuff. And- yeah, and if this is your first episode for some reason, whether it be because you're new to the game or just checking us out now with the hype of the new set, I do recommend you go and check out Season 2, Episode 0, just if you want to kind of understand uh, who we are, what our credentials are, so to speak, which is to say, I mean, really not that much, but we're big nerds and we like talking about cards. Uh, but uh, anytime we have a new listeners... Uh, we always recommend they go back and just check out that short little introduction about who the two of us are. Uh, that is literally the first time we have ever recommended that. I did that once before. Did I you do it one other time? I, I, like... I believe I did it once before. <laughs> I've done. I've said that in person to people or over Discord to people. You should <laughs> but... go back. I was like, I have never heard that recommendation, but it is. It's a good one. It's a great recommendation. Don't get That's me wrong. Right. That's right. <laughs> uh, oh yeah. man. But I mean, just uh, on the off chance, I I figure we might get more uh, first time listeners just based on the new set and the hype surrounding it. So if that's the case, episode zero, season two. But sure, uh, for all of our regular listeners uh, who do know who we are, the jabronis that we are, um, I got to say, this has been something I've been looking forward to all day is jumping in and talking about this new stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> we were kind of uh, texting about it this morning, kind of talking about some of the things we wanted to cover. And unfortunately, we won't get to cover all of that. We were going to do a champion spotlight. We have postponed that uh, till next week. You know, we did that with Bilgewater. I think it was largely successful, if not necessarily for anyone else, but for us to kind of focus our conversations when there's so much to talk about. <laughs> that That is honestly true. There's so much that gets released with this game on a week-to-week basis, it seems, that it's like it's hard to find time to cover everything. And by the time you get around to covering some stuff, it's sometimes like old news, it feels like. So it's good to go back and do champion spotlights whenever we get something new out. It, it, it'll give us something to talk about, you know, for the next and, seven-ish weeks. And I, I think we're going to end up, by nature of us planning to do that, we're going to end up doing like a mini spotlight, but it's not going to be official. We're really not going to kind of uh, dive into it. But because the two of us had planned to do one, uh, we'll probably end up talking more about that than anything else just because we've spent our limited time that we've gotten to play, especially considering we're both working men who uh, this came out during the work week, haven't really gotten to dive super deep into it yet. Um, yeah, I think I mean, we spent a lot of our time playing the same thing. <laughs> yeah, I, I was literally away. Like I, I was on a, a personal retreat. I was like solo camping, hammock camping for like uh, for two nights. And so... Uh, Wednesday, I, w- I was gone like Tuesday, Wednesday, the game came out and I'm not going to lie. Like I'm, I, I, I went out there to do some meditation, some prayer. I, I, I left like on Wednesday morning, I left and I went on a hike and I got lost in the woods in like, like a lot, like couldn't, I was lost and it took me over two hours to find my way back. Um, I just kept following trails until I found humanity again. Um, but uh, like that was my Wednesday. That was like my, and then I couldn't walk hardly the rest of the the, the time I was out there because my legs hurt so bad. Uh, it was really good to to be out, but I'm not gonna lie. I came back this morning, pretty early in the morning, and I was like, I gotta get home and get into some of these cards because it was killing me knowing that all of the listeners and all the people from the Discord and everybody else from the community was checking out these new Call of the Mountain Targon cards. And I was not doing that. I, I was trying to like make sure I was doing what I was supposed to be doing on the trip. Um, but there was a couple times that I was sitting around, you know, just daydreaming about what decks I was going to try out, you know, <laughs> and I showed some restraint today. I didn't just go in and craft everything. I feel really good about myself. Uh, I didn't just like I, I, I showed some restraint. I only crafted two champions you, uh, from Bilgewater. I know I crafted like everything on day one of Bilgewater. And then I, I like I ran out of stuff to unlock really early on. Uh, and that that's not going to happen. I'm sure there's some I will craft the the set. Of, my, my decision is I'm going to craft the set of champions that we're going to do the champion spotlight on each week and just play that champion in, in a bunch in a variety of different ways. So mm. that way I sort of like I, I sort of go slower, a little bit slower. Don't binge too much, you know. Yeah, that that's definitely uh, it's definitely a big big pivot. But I think I uh, prefer that. And actually, interestingly, like I don't always get my uh, chests leveled up all the way to ten. I usually just get them to not usually, but like half the time, I only get them to five just to get that champion. Um, and when it came around to this expansion dropping, I believe, and I'm gonna double check this, um, but um, I had every champion, three copies of every champion except for. Um, except for Vi. I think I'm, I only have one Vi. And so, but everything else I had three copies of by the time it rolled around. And that wasn't really through any 
like concerted effort or spending all my crafting materials. So, um, well, yeah, I, I'm, I've got a good amount. I mean, not not a crazy amount, but I still got uh, got some crafting materials to spend on some of these guys. And you know, what's what's also cool is that is the fact that we know there's going to be more stuff coming out. Uh, and I guess it's uh, October, October, and month then and a half, December. Yeah, yeah, m- month and a half, two months. Like yeah, I mean, when I came mm-hmm. into this, I I had. I had three of every card in the game except a handful of rares that I only had one or two of. Um, but I came into the expansion yesterday. I'm looking right now, or like today. I came in, I've crafted six champions. So I came in with 23 champion wild cards and 83,000 gem shards um, or shards. So I was, I'm, I will probably be able to get everything that I want. I'll probably have to do some of use some of my shards. Cause I only have a handful of Epic wild cards. Um, but I still, yeah, I I'm set. I, I I'm pretty, <laughs> I'm set. I, I actually think I have enough to craft everything from this set, October set and December set. If I wanted to just make it all or, or pretty oh, close goodness. to that anyway. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, so I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm good. I don't know. I don't know how many like rares and, and epics are going to come out in the, in those sets that, that might, that might send me back, but certainly for champions, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm good to go. You're, you're set. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I, I do want to, because I know that we're basically going to be talking about, you know, what it, what it is that we played and what we found interesting and, and dig into that a little bit. Um, we're going to have a couple of segments this episode. I want to go through uh, an announcement because we have a hat to give away. Um, and I'm going to talk about Patreon for a second. We're going to talk about our weeks and do a little dive into some of the decks we've been trying out and what we've seen out there. And then uh, I have a closing thought for today. And then next week, we're going to start uh, our seven-piece champion spotlight on the champions that we've gotten so far. So for seven weeks, we'll do champion spotlight each week. That's the idea with some guests, hopefully, as well. And I have a seven-part closing thoughts to go along with it. Oh, that's really cool. You like that? There, I, I have a seven. I really do, yeah. I, I, just read a, I just read a book. I read a book. I'll talk about it at the end. But I read a book, but it had the seven pillars of healthy relationships. And I think it's oh. important. So... I'll, 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 that's not today. That's not today, though. That's next week. Next week's episode. Oh. But we should draw. We should draw for a hat. Let's do it. Listen, yes. you two could go around everywhere you go with people double taking and looking at you over and over again, wondering how did that person get such an unbelievable hat? That could be you. You could win this really nice solid black snapback kind of stretchy legends cast hat with a golden legends cast logo embroidered on the front of it it's unbelievable it's really really nice you could get that by being a patreon supporter you go over to patreon.com slash legends cast and pledge a quarter an episode if you want that's 25 cents that's one dollar a month to be in the drawing to win this really incredible hat you could give us $600 an episode if you want. You are allowed to do that. I won't stop you. But a quarter. Yeah. One quarter. One quarter. That's really, guys, that is so that is so little. And yet you will still be entered into the drawing for next month. Uh, you know, I will, I have to say, just 
you know, Mark really went on about that hat, but it's true. I'm a I'm a hat wearer. I've worn a lot of hats in my day. Uh and I I am not like blowing smoke here. I'm not BSing. Um this really is the the highest quality hat I've ever owned. It's a um, nice hat. I, I am so in love with it. I, I, I am really bad about taking good care of my hats. I've, that's why I've had so many, right? Uh, just because destroy I them. Always, I, I, yeah, I take them, you know, go and work out in them, even if they're nicer. I am treating this hat like a princess because I love it so much and I do not want it to get damaged. Uh, and I've never done that with a hat before, uh, or at least not with like a, like a cap, you know? So um, it really is. It's a nice a beautiful hat. hat and it, it's just so comfy yeah that's why i don't let my two creatures get their paws on them because my creatures destroy things my <laughs> creatures are my kids by the way real quick here i just want to say a quick thanks to our patrons we got uh fevered nerd mind andy f levi h maxwell m falnatier uh brendan g aaron h brady s matthew z jake s jm and jonathan s thank you guys for being patreon supporters but i don't need to drag it out anymore you know where to go put your quarters okay guys um i'm gonna go ahead and make a drawing here okay our our current our new winner of the of the hat this is a long time patron guys this is not this is a long time patron is jake s jake uh swenson s-w-e okay swenson swenson jake s you're the winner of a hat jake if you message me on discord or message me on patreon and give me your address i will get your legends cast amazing hat in the mail and out to you right away jake congratulations you the man thank you for being so supportive of the show and i really do i think that jake has been around for a long time i'm not real sure how long but I'm pretty sure Jake has been around a, a really long time. So that's awesome. Yeah. yeah. That's really awesome. awesome. Okay. Well, uh, why don't you, let's, let's go ahead and move on and let's dive in uh, to talk about what we were playing at the beginning of the release of this expansion. Honestly, who loses with a space dragon on their side? DBN, why don't you tell us, tell us about what you've been playing. What did you dive into? What was like the, the go-to, right? Like you got in, you opened <laughs> up your laptop, your tablet, whatever, booted up the PC, you went in, the cards are released, you watched the cinematic. What was the thing you went to craft first? Uh, well, so I didn't craft anything first. Nothing. Um, Played no. Kinko well, Elusives for a few hours. Oh, sir. Oh, most certainly <laughs> not. Uh, do not shame me like that. Uh, <laughs> I've never played Kinko Elusives ever. Oh, uh, Tempo Endure for six I hours. Never, no. Now no, I'm driving. I do. I do. After they nerfed uh, Endure the first time, I did go and start playing it. <laughs> I'm uh, that kind of person. Hipster Once gamer. Once they nerf it, then hipster, I'll play I am. Hipster gamer. At least these days, yeah. Uh, no, so I had a bunch of coins left over um, that I just never spent. I had a ton of coins uh, on my account that I didn't spend. I didn't need to craft, like, anything usually with them but i saw i was like i don't know this is super overwhelming i don't know what to craft i, I don't know what i'm going to want to mess with and i saw that they had the starter deck um oh yeah yeah the uh, bundle and it was slightly discounted for some reason um i know it is prorated for duplicates but i didn't have any duplicates so i think for this first week they're like they'll save you like i don't know three like 
I don't know, 200 coins or something like that. It's not very much. Oh, sure. But um, one thing I, I did is I wasn't sure if it was a good bargain or not compared to just straight crafting the individual cards. Um, and I so I did go through and crunch the numbers on it, and it was, in fact, a slightly better deal than if you gone and crafted all the things individually. Okay. Um, not an amazing deal, but, but a, a slightly better one than okay. if you crafted all those things with coins. Um, so uh, I just want to make sure I was actually saving myself money. Uh, but I went in and bought that. I said, you know what? Um, this is just, I, I'm, I don't have anything I really want to spend the coins on. I don't buy like all the cosmetics. I only buy very specific ones. You know, I've still got uh, some left over. And uh, so I, I went and bought that. So that was a mono Targon deck with uh, Leona and Aurelian Soul. You got two copies of each and it has Daybreak and Invoke. Okay. So I immediately just said, eh, screw it. I'm not going to make any changes to that. I'm just going to play that deck. Just try this it out. Literal starter deck. I played three games of the starter deck. I won all three games. Um, uh, and I won all three games mostly because of Leona. And as it turns out, Leona's good cards. As it turns out, Leona's very good. Um, and more importantly, uh, the way that Daybreak curves out has the potential to just make sure that when she comes down to four, she's just leveled up already. And because of her stat block being very defensive, um, so she's a three five for four, or when she's leveled up, a four six, uh, it's hard to kill her. And so she'll just like sit around and continue getting you value, continue controlling the board, stunning their strongest creature. And so I just went with that and I just kept, I just rolled with the punches there. Um, and I went ahead and built a uh, Swain and uh, Leona mid range list, which uh, I saw that BBG had posted a theory crafted list. And I was like, oh, that's cool. I love Swain. Let me, uh, let me jump in on this and, and see what happens. I made a couple adjustments. Uh, to it but uh, the really cool thing with that one is uh, you get ravenous flock which deals four to a unit if it's damaged or stunned yep yep, uh, yep. That, that's pretty easy for uh for leona, leona. to do uh and of course running uh all of those uh the solari soldier the shield bearer the uh priestess uh can all curve out and get leona down i am running the one copy of morning light uh, because I think, and we're going to talk about, you know, I don't think it's the best in this specific list, but we're going to talk about how great that card is in a minute when Mark uh, talks about his deck, which is something I had just started uh, kind of building today. Uh, and I was really excited to see him uh, playing that. And I was like, good, because I wanted to talk about this, but I haven't gotten a chance to play it myself. <laughs> um, but it tops out with Swain and the Leviathan. I did, however, put in one Basilisk Bloodseeker, which is the new epic from Noxus. Uh, seven mana, seven four with Overwhelm. But when you play it, you deal one to an ally and to an enemy four times. And I believe that enemy oh, can target face. I haven't drawn it yet. Oh, um, okay, okay, okay. But well, I, guess I believe with you Swain, can... Swain, that's good. Well, yeah, I mean, so if you hit, hit face with Swain out, uh, four times it'll stun a bunch of things but really more than that it's it can be a little bit of spot removal with a body it can be it's got overwhelm so you can push some damage through um and uh you know you also like sometimes you don't really care if you're dealing damage to a little one drop or whatever you, you know if it's about to die an arachnoid sentry you know you'll you'll deal four 
Hey guys, Future Mark here. Uh, just letting you know we had a few technical difficulties. Evidently me and DBN were both getting hit by a thunderstorm at the same time in separate parts of the country. So we lost a short little stent of audio here, but don't worry, uh, you didn't really miss anything. I couldn't hear anything he says. So now, uh, goodbye Future Mark, hello Past Mark, and back to the episode. Yeah, all I was saying is I'm really excited about the card. I don't know if it'll be good, but I, I feel like it will be good, especially if it can hit face. But you can also use it to smash an enemy. And the cost of you hitting an ally really isn't that big most of the time. Um, I suppose you, I don't think it can go on itself. I wonder if it can go on your face, though. Like, if you can target your own face to target their face, that would be interesting. The bottom line is I slapped one copy in, but I haven't drawn it yet. <laughs> okay, okay. So, but, but, interesting. Yeah, I never thought yeah. of I looked at that card and I was like, that's garbage, but I never made the connection between Bas that that card and Swain. Right. I mean, I think it I think even if it's I mean so dealing uh one damage to an enemy four times is not as good as dealing four damage to an enemy once. Uh, because like if they have tough, if they can hand out tough, like against Amasi, this card's not very good. Probably. Mm, yeah. Um, it does nothing to Radiant Guardian, you know? <laughs> or or Rangers Resolve. Or or chain vest whatever yeah, <laughs> but um, if it can hit face, obviously that makes it better. I still haven't drawn it. I think it can hit face because normally it'll say an enemy unit uh, as opposed to an enemy. So yeah, I think an I, enemy imply Im, uh, implies implies yeah. face right. Um, but I I am really excited to mess around with it. And again, yeah, like you said, it it can go uh, with Swain and trigger Swain four times. Um, it also will charge up Swain because it's non-combat damage. It'll do eight. So if you still mm. haven't gotten Swain leveled up but for some reason, you know. And I think this deck, I mean, because you're running Death's Hand and Noxian Fervors, uh, you know, you should be able to get it. But sometimes you can't get him leveled up right away. Um, the bigger thing that I think is really cool about this list is uh, running three copies of Bastion as a sort of deny. It doesn't truly deny because deny, you know, can remove things that affect them. Uh, or you know something like that, but uh, anything that would target one of your allies, you can kind of deny. It's like a situational deny. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I I really like being able to hand out spell shield uh, with Bastion, uh, and that's saved me a couple times. So uh, overall, yeah, I, I I've had a lot of fun with this deck. I was able to edge out a couple, you know, pretty potent meta lists from last meta. So I was able to take down an easy uh, twist of fate list. And I was able to take down, oh, what was the other one? Um, oh, it was a, it was a, oh yeah, the the Noxus Freljord, though admittedly, um, Sejuani, the uh, Trifarian, got uh, Assessor, got nerfed. Um, so sad days for that, but still a good deck overall, I, I think. So I, I was really pleased with how Leona performed, being able to control their board and basically say, you can put good stuff out on the board. I'm just not going to let it enter combat. Oh, sure. Yeah. And, and, and you know what? I, you, I came home. I texted you this morning. It's like, what are we doing? You're like, let's do champion spotlight. It's like, yeah, let's do champion spotlight. It's like who? Leona. Like, uh, okay, I'll check it out. Yeah, you you weren't you weren't super thrilled. No, it wasn't like I uh, I I really wanted to play Diana Nocturne. That was kind of like <laughs> I I really wanted to check out Diana Nocturne. It's just I love the art direction for Diana, and so um and I honestly pale. 
Pale Cascade might be the, the best Nightfall card there is. I think almost certainly. It's very, very strong. Um, I, the, all the rest of it doesn't seem very good. All the rest of the package is kind of like lackluster, but the Pale Cascade seems very good. But anyway, so I came home, crafted up three Leonas, and got to, got to trying it. So I tried multiple versions of Leona. But before I get into that, a couple of things that I just didn't expect... So if you're like, if you haven't messed around with the expansion much yet, just so you know, one, the, uh, there is a card that supports that drops crystals when it dies. What's its name? You know, its name, right? No, mentor. You, mentor. Yeah. It, mentor of stones. It supports and gives a plus two plus two that does not go away at the end of turn. So it gives a permanent plus two plus two i completely ignored dbn when he said that last week and i now think that card is crazy good um and i do like it quite a bit um <laughs> the other thing to take note of is is that a lot of cards that come in with spell shield they do not go away at the end of round like barrier does so barrier always goes away at the end of round if you use bastion for example to give a thing something spell shield it gives it for this round but if something comes into play and it just has spell shield that spell shield is going to stay on it until it's targeted by a spell or a skill those were two things that i didn't expect i sort of expected spell shield to function a little bit more like barrier but it is definitely different especially i think it's very strong and don't get confused either because i got confused and gave things spell shield and then blocked with the <laughs> thinking it wasn't going to die and spell shield is not barrier um but anyway so uh dbn was was checking out leona aurelian soul um in that starter deck and i think that's interesting so just from your opinion uh, if I was a new player, let's say I haven't played this before, I saw an advertisement for it, I like League of Legends, sure. I like card games. If I was getting into it, is the Aurelian, Aurelian Soul uh, Leona deck something worth investing in as a new player? Uh, investing, yeah. I felt like all the cards that you get, I felt like it was a very good... Like uh, One of the things we've talked about in the past is that I think that this de uh, this game does really good about not having... A ton of bad cards like there are some cards that are not amazing in comparison but i don't think there's a lot of cards that are just strictly garbage not um, a ton. you know what what we would traditionally call like in magic and stuff like that uh filler pack right fillers, pack yeah. filler um you know and even like games like hearthstone and uh tessel were known for having pack filler or like draft fodder where it's only playable in in draft formats and not saying that there aren't bad cards in the game at the moment but i think the intent is that every card can be good we um, just so took all the bad cards that, in this game and put them in noxus right yes yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not quite not quite um but um i felt like the all the cards that were in the deck were actually pretty pretty solid um and you're getting four champions uh total so two of of two champions and both the champions i think are going to be good for a long time um however i will say i don't feel like it's a particularly easy deck to pilot uh if only because it requires you to kind of uh, predict the course of the game because a lot of the uh the deck does a lot of invoking uh which is one of the new kind of mechanics where you are shown three cards and these cards are of a, a specific pool Celestial. and you have to pick one um 
and I think that that's going to be overwhelming to a certain extent for new players. And one thing I noticed with that deck, and again, I don't think the deck is really very strong necessarily, but it has a lot of strong cards in it. So if you're a decent, uh, if you're a decent player, I think you can get by, like I did, you know, winning a couple games uh, just by playing the good cards out. But there's a lot of resource generation, so I think it might be a little overwhelming for a new player, you know, just constantly getting all these, you know, new cards. And then of course the decision-making, you know, increases drastically when you have all of these cards to pick from on any given turn. Uh, I I can see new players being confused or frustrated, or maybe even just, you know, assuming that all decks are like this, which they're not. Yeah. And then you can't even go and see most of any of those cards in your collection as well. Like (laughs) all of those things that you invoke to get, you can't go to your collection and find them anywhere. And I think one of the things that's going to make invoke powerful amongst other things, I have a lot of thoughts on invoke and they're not all, they're not bad. They're just, um, I have a lot of thoughts on them. Um, but I think one of the things that's going to make Invoke powerful is in the right hand, somebody who knows backwards and forwards all of the options possible. Um, there's mm-hmm. a few uh, Invoke cards that will only invoke certain costs. You need to know what all of those options are to play it at the highest level. Um, and so, of course, like, you know, yeah, you could print out yourself out a spreadsheet if you wanted. <laughs> but um, uh, I think that's something that, again, is this a good investment? Yes. Is this going to be a great deck for new players to learn the game on? I don't think so. Yeah, that's interesting. That the, and I didn't even really think about that because I was like, oh, Aurelian Sol Leona. Arguably, like in the first 24 hours have come out as potentially the two the most powerful splash. champions, right? Um, yeah. And that's the first 24 hours. That's not true. It's just true for the first 24 hours. Um, it's interesting. It's like, oh, that's great. They put them both in a starter deck. You can pick up both of them and, and go try them out. But I didn't think about the fact that Invoke would be very confusing for someone who's new to this game, probably. But definitely, if there's someone who's new to this game and new to card games, like, can you imagine yeah. if you had not played card games, you have all the stuff that's thrown at you? I mean, we're already like looking probably in the next couple of months about the talk about rotation. Like, that talk is going to start coming back up again not that i want to go back to the tesla days of talking about rotation all the time (laughs) but like there's already a lot of cards in the game and we're looking at getting you know another six champions between now and christmas um that's a lot of material to have in a card game already and then you add on top of that the i don't know 15 or 20 cards that they put into the celestial pool that you grab through invoke it's a lot more to have memorized and some of those and those cards are very different right very very everything from obliterate that your your opponent's board 15 damage to everything to uh you know five fives with challenger or four ones with overwhelm like it's very different um and probably not really it in it a lot of people were upset about the randomness and and all of that stuff but oh. I, I don't want to i don't know how much we want to get into that but probably not i don't think i don't think uh rotation is necessary at all yet for sure i mean i i would need to see a couple more expansions before i would think about you know rotation and um i think um I think we're in a, uh, yeah, it's just probably not worth discussing right now when we have all these new stuff. So what, like, uh, what all did you bust out? Cause we got started sure. talking about that. Yeah. And then I, then I um, forgot. 
and I forgot what I was talking so, about. So yeah, what did you what did okay. you play, man? <laughs> so okay, so I I immediately went uh, Leona Yasuo. It just made sense. Leona wants to stun the crap out of everything, and Yasuo wants you to stun the crap out of everything. Um, in addition to that, in Targon there is a new eight cost dragon that is real strong. Um, so uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's let's just look. I gotta find him. You, His send name me, is. Send me that deck code real fast, so I can look at what you're looking. Okay, at. He, the Infinite Mind Splitter is its name. Let me uh, let me see if I can send that over to you here in a second. The Infinite Mind Splitter. It's an eight mana eight eight with Fury, which is a, by the way. Fury is a new keyword um, that we haven't actually gotten a chance to talk about yet. But whenever you <laughs> kill something with Fury, um, you get to uh, you get to get a plus one plus one to your creature. So Fury plus one plus one when you kill something. So if you play Tessel with us, slay and Tessel. But it's always plus one plus one. It's not contingent, which is I think it would have been better if they had done it differently. But whatever. Um, so this creature, this 8-mana eight 8-8 eight, eight Fury, also, you choose two creatures, and at the start of each round, you stun both of them. So it's not one time, and it doesn't stun them on play. So it's an 8-8 eight, eight with Fury for 8 that doesn't do anything when it hits the board, which isn't great. But if it stays for one turn, which it typically does, it's going to stun two things. If it keeps staying, you can keep their Aurelian Soul and their Trundle locked down the whole time and keep smacking them with your Yasuo for two damage or five damage or whatever your Yasuo is at. So I played Leona Yasuo with that guy at the top. Um, oh, uh, Mary says fury is the dragon's only keyword. Like deep is for sea monsters. I didn't yeah. realize that fury was limited to just dragons. I thought that that was, I mean, that makes it even less. Open. Well, we, we may, we may eventually see them mix that up, but for now, yeah, for now it's, it's only on dragons, dragons with fury. Yeah. But I, I think this is a really elegant, uh, simple keyword. I, I just, I like it. it. It's simple. When I kill a unit, get plus one, plus one. But I do think it's something that I would, could have seen like, uh, even in a base set, something like this. Yeah. So I, I like that this is, they're not trying to reinvent the wheel, but it, I th do think it's just another little thing to think about when you're setting up your combats and just you know, anything to add layers to the combat step, I think for me is the direction I want to see them going, which, I, which is why I really like that they were doing stuff with support. I think support needed support needs to be the rewards need to be very high for support to be good because it necessitates like we talked about last week, like you have to protect the thing that is supporting, but that's not the thing getting the buff. So um i i really like that that you know anything that's going to add you know interesting uh dynamics extra thought to the combat step not just okay i'm gonna swing with all these things or okay i'm going to you know uh set up the, i'm only gonna attack with the thing i know can't be value traded with so i i think that's uh i think fury is yeah very simple but um just another little layer and i i'm happy with it yeah yeah, so uh, so I played a, a lot of like the the daybreak cards, so a lot of the daybreak stuff into mm -hmm. Leona along with Yasuo, and it worked well. I, I won a, a couple of different games, and um and I, it, I think it went really well. Um, but I began to realize that there's this card called Morning Light, which reads five mana, slow spell, give allies plus two plus two this round. Daybreak, so it's the first card you play each round. Activate all daybreak effects at once and i realized that if you have leona on the board and she's leveled up this gives a plus two plus two to everything on your board 
and then stuns two things. One, because it activates Leona's Daybreak, which stuns the strongest enemy, and two, because it has Daybreak itself, which causes Leona, once again, once leveled up, to stun the strongest enemy. So it's a plus two, plus two to your whole board and stuns two of your opponent's cards. So when I realized how strong that card was, <laughs> I was like, whoa. Maybe there's an aggressive strategy here. So I dropped that and I picked up uh, Diana Leona. So I crafted Diana's and I went Diana Leona because I thought, you know what? The Daybreak and Nightfall cards actually have an inherent uh, synergy because Daybreak wants to play first. So you have something you always want to play first and Nightfall wants to play second. So you have something in your hand, hopefully, that you always want to play second. I didn't really master that and find it. I found Diana in the Nightfall cards to be a little bit lackluster. When I went back to redo the deck, I realized that I only had like six Nightfall cards in there. So I'm not sure if that was more because of deck crafting than anything else, but I swapped it. So I went from that, I had Splash Demacia in it basically for some challengers. So I swapped out the Nightfall cards for more Demacia and I ended up going Leona Garen. Um, and went for more of like a mid-range beatdown. Build a board, make it hard to get rid of, get Leona leveled up, stun a bunch of stuff, hit their face, just kind of keep up the pressure. That was fun. It wasn't bad. Um, and then I went up and I took a shower. And as I was taking a shower, I wasn't singing, but I was thinking about Legends of Runeterra. And that's when I came up with a deck that I've been playing since, which is Leona Elise. So Shadow Isles Targon. And the main goal of this deck is to swarm the board with either Daybreak creatures or spiders um, to kind of get a little bit of a token strategy go on, uh, going. And then uh, that same card that I was, you know, talking about before, um, which is Morning Light, playing that in order to win the game through Morning Light. Also running Brood Awakening, um, kind of that's its top end. Uh, also Daylight Spear, which is just so strong. And Mentor of the Stones, which I have found to be really, really strong in terms of buffing up your Leona. Mentor of the Stones on three, Leona on four, stuns their strongest enemy. You attack, support Leona. She is now a 5-7, which is incredibly hard to get rid of a 5-7 on turn four. <laughs> Oh my gosh, it's so hard. By the way, yeah. a 5-7 that if you don't kill Mentor of the Stones, it's going to become a 7-9 the next time I get to attack. And if you do kill Mentor of the Stones and block Leona, then I'm just going to give her three more attack, and I'm going to heal her up up to three damage that you deal to her, which you almost never can deal more than that at that point. You might be able to deal four or five to her, but almost never seven. So uh, really enjoyed Mentor of the Stones, Leona, and, and also some of the spider stuff. This is not a refined list, but I have won some games. I found that like there, there's a lot of people, so something that's really interesting is there's a lot of people playing ramp cards and there's a lot of people playing uh, like the stuff that invokes right now, a lot of invoke on the ladder. And mm -hmm. those things have something in common and that is they have a really low attack. They can chump block, but they cannot chump block fearsome creatures. So I found Fearsome to be kind of like probably not great, but like a little niche right now for Fearsome because of the fact that it's pretty much Daybreak and Invoke. That That's almost all that's on the ladder, by the way. Daybreak, Evoke, and Dragons. That's, yeah. Daybreak, Evoke, yeah. and Dragons. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Dra dragons are 
pretty popular right now too. So what did you what did you run into? Did you ever get to play Aurelian Soul? How was Aurelian Soul? Because I'm kind of curious. Well, so I played it with that kind of allegiance sort of mid-range control uh deck, the starter deck. Yeah. And it, yeah, I mean he came down a couple times and stomped on things, but usually by the time I in that deck, it wasn't like control until I play him. It was all right, I've already got this game under wraps. Let me just play him because he's cool. Uh, because I, and I don't know, I don't know that Fiona or not Fiona, Leona doesn't. I don't know that Leona doesn't go with Aurelian Soul, but at least in the starter deck, uh, Asol was kind of like it because I was playing Leona pretty well, and there was enough daybreak to really make Leona kind of good. And I think that this is, I think Leona really is very much my play style, anyways. I was mm. kind of feeling very, very comfortable immediately playing the Leona uh, build and those synergies. Um, because of that, I usually had the game squared away before he came down. But I will say, um, the the thing that I really like about uh, Aurelian Soul is the uh, spell shield that comes with him. Um, yeah, that's good. Gosh, it, it makes it so hard to deal with him. Uh, and, and he needs that stickiness. I mean, we've talked about this before, but... Um, you know, big things coming down, especially with people trying to play more later game synergies. Uh, I saw a couple uh, Shadow Isles control lists, um, you know, mixed with both uh, Freljord to go with like Trundle stuff, but also I mm -hmm. saw it with another, with Aurelian Soul. Uh, and so there's like Vengeances and stuff out there again. And uh, just having the Spell Shield makes it really hard to, you know, to affect him, to stun him, to whatever. Um, but I think the bigger thing, there was the one time where I did get him leveled up and all my celestials were free. And that was pretty hilarious. <laughs> pretty powerful too. Uh, yeah. I, yeah. So I was watching BBG stream while I was messing around with the Onidex and he was playing a variety of different Aurelian soul decks, but mostly Trundle Aurelian soul. So a lot of ramp, a lot of stuff to try to cheat out Aurelian soul you know, a turn or two early. It seemed that if you had to play Aurelian Soul on ten, it was oftentimes too late. Like your, your the stuff that you were, you just, you just couldn't, you you just couldn't turn the game around at that point. Mm. Um, and you didn't have enough of a board presence to level him up anymore. But if you played, I saw him playing like a lot of dragons plus ramp plus Aurelian Soul with Trundle, and that deck seems very strong. It's so hard to tell, right? Because here's what's interesting. I played today, and I played a lot of games. I did not once play against Ezreal Swain. I did not once play against Deep. Um, like, I didn't <laughs> once play against Kinko Elusives. Like, I didn't play against Scouts. None of the previously strong meta decks. Everything was experimental. Like, a yeah. lot of experimental stuff. And some of that experimental stuff seemed like, oh, man, it that's really that was pretty strong like ah that seems overpowered then it's like yeah but i'm not playing deep and it might not be even remotely over like let's just face it deep for quite some time now has kept most of greedy control decks pretty much in check it's hard to be able to beat deep so i know that like aurelian soul's good but you're going to be able to go deep by turn five or six way before even a cheated out aurelian soul will be on the board um and so i i'm curious to kind of know like will aurelian soul even be viable at all 
once we get back around and remember that Bilgewater exists or that some of these other really strong decks exist because someone's is going to go on a tear with deep again and they're going to be like oh right yeah this is still good this is yeah. still really good you know i don't know yeah, i mean maybe nah, there's some stuff I that will keep it saying. in check but well, it doesn't that's, that's that's to be expected aggro didn't really get from so my my very first impression was new control archetypes and like a brand new way to do control with Aurelian soul and celestials and invoke mm -hmm. a lot of new mid-range right leona mm -hmm. is is mid-rangey um i'm gonna go back and look at uh look at some of the other cards that came out in the in the set because i want to make sure that i don't miss any leona is mid-rangey nocturne can even arguably be set a little bit mid-rangey Tarek is mid-rangey trundles mid-rangey Maybe the closest, like Diana, Lulu are kind of aggro. I think Lulu is aggro. is gonna do very well in aggro. Yeah. Once people tune the list, I also think that was it Pale Cascade, right? Mm -hmm. That's a really really good aggro tool in my opinion. Um, you can it get a trick a trade, and it, the bigger thing is it's just a it's a cheap cantrip that's easy to activate. It buffs. You can use it for reach. You can use it, and it uh, to itself. trick a trade. It replaces it, yeah. So I mean, that's that's the short of it. So maybe I we think... just haven't seen it yet. But usually there is like new aggressive tools that are apparent. Mm -hmm. But as I look through all of the other cards that came out, outside of a few Nightfall cards, which we've already talked about and don't think are great, um, mm -hmm. there's only really two champions that are great for aggressive stuff. Maybe a support strategy that I'm not really. Mogwai was playing a support strategy today that was winning games pretty quick. But I'm just kind of like this just seems like a bit of a like an expansion that is pretty heavily targeted at a new end one new end game strategy and then a lot of mid game. Yeah. And so um, I don't know if there's going to be a good aggressive strategy right around. Maybe the there reality, will be. I think the reality is uh, the bit maybe concerning for aggro is the amount of healing that is kind of out there with Targon. Uh, especially star shaping, I think it might be mildly concerning uh, because of its ability to, again, heal but replace itself in hand. Um, and so I can see that like enabling a lot of control archetypes as kind of an anchor card uh, that, you know, keeps you alive, but also uh, <laughs> yeah. gives you very strong, you know, kind of replace itself with a seven cost or more powerful you know, creature or, or another spell. Um, but I, I am inclined to think that aggro is fine. And the reason why I think aggro is fine is because I think aggro does like, was already very, pretty strong, pretty strong. Um, we have, we still have the cards that we had before. I mean, just kind of like you were mentioning, um, when it, people get back to playing the real stuff, you know, the stuff that has existed before Targon came out, yeah, they'll go back and remember. Oh, right, there's Twist of Fate and Ezreal. Uh, they'll go back and say, Oh, right, there's Elusive Burn. And by the way, Elusive got some tools. I I kind of hate to say it, but they did. They did. They got a couple tools. A couple. Um, a couple. But yeah, I think that Scouts will still be really strong because the yeah, I think I think that Scouts will be really strong. Maybe I should be playing Scouts. I should be playing Scouts. 
scouts or what I should I be playing. I should be playing scouts. <laughs> I should. I, I. I should. There was one really interesting card. So one of the first things I did was I scrolled through the cards to see which cards they didn't actually spoil ahead of time because there's always a couple mm -hmm. of those. And the one that I think was most interesting. Did you catch the Noxus card? No, I didn't. Apprehend. Is that the Darius one? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I did see that. So it's a rally. Like it. It's a rally in Noxus. Well, it's a rally with Darius. With Darius, but there's is there a rally in Noxus? There's not a rally in Noxus, is yeah, there? Yeah, there's Shunpo. Oh, uh, oh, but yeah, pretty, that card hardly counts. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty not good. That's two damage um, to anything for like five or six mana, right? And then you can yeah. rally. Oh, okay, so that's not as cool as I thought because I was like, oh, this card is the first rally. Like it's a it's the first rally in Noxus and it makes Darius a little bit more interesting and a little bit more enticing to play mm -hmm. because it can it is much better with Darius. You know, it would always two mana to stun something, but it only rallies with Darius. But if there's already a rally in Noxus, then maybe I'm not as excited about that card. Right. Cause I was like, ooh, that's a cool aggro tool, but nah, maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. I did run into a couple of memes today too. I, I ran into uh, a couple of the decks that turned everything in their deck ephemeral and gave it all plus two plus two and everything in their hand mm -hmm. as well. It's not good. It's, it's just not good. It's not. It's not good. It's not, good you, no. Because literally, your opponent always can open attack, always, and you can mm -hmm. never do anything about it because all of your creatures die at the end of turn. It flips to their turn, and your stuff could all be buffed. But if you can't beat them very quickly, they always have a f completely free open attack. Mm -hmm. It's not great for you. Yeah, I can see that. <laughs> you, I just chose choice blocks and then like, okay, I, I could just just attack you with everything now next turn. So that's what I would do. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so out of all the decks that I've played, I think that the one that's probably the best is Leona uh, Yasuo. I think that one's probably the best. Yeah. That's a, yeah. I mean, I I think uh, that's the, that's a deck that's going to need a lot of refinement to get to a really optimized list because there's so many different like choices. But there's also you have to balance synergy with being able to survive. Uh, but I I think you're right. There's there's a really nice Yasuo synergy there, which for some people they may not be thrilled about. But <laughs> uh, either way, though. <laughs> True. Uh, I, I think Leona, what's beautiful about Leona, what I'm just so excited about that card for, is that it's pretty good with a lot of things. It really is. Um, And I'm just, yeah, like I said, I think it's it's going to be exciting to see where that card ends up because there's just so many ways to use it it's got its own package of you know cards that synergize with it that are very good like most of the cards are pretty playable the early game gets cemented by those you know overstatted creatures that if you curve them out they're they're you know like i said they're good <laughs> so um yeah i i think uh i think there's a lot of good stuff on the horizon for leona but i i really don't feel like i don't know I'm sure there's a way to break it, but I, I do feel like it's a overall well-designed card. Uh, and if there's a way to break it, I don't think that's going to necessarily be on Fiona's side of things. Um, so I think we'll see a lot of Fiona. Or I keep saying Fiona, Leona, Leona. for the future. 
Um, there's, there's, yeah, yeah there's I, I think the chances of them breaking it is printing too many, uh, like one, two, and three cost day bait creatures in October or December. Mm-hmm. If, if they, if they, that was like the only thing. I was like, okay, sometimes when Leona doesn't curve out one, two, three, four leveled, she's mm-hmm. kind of hard to get leveled, you know, or she's not as impressive on the board. Um, but, if if you gave us like some more redundancy in the daybreaks and the turns one and two, um, it would be very very powerful. It, I, it could get too powerful in my opinion um, because Leona is is definitely strong. But that's gonna we're gonna talk about her in the spotlight too and get a little bit more in depth probably next week with her and hopefully yeah. with a guest. But if you're looking for a deck to play and you're not sure, some of the stuff that I saw experimented with today, um, BBG's list for Trundle Aurelian Soul, ramping and cheating out Aurelian Soul early. Very, very interesting. He also has a Terakli Sin deck out there that you can find on Mobilytics, I believe. Um, and then I saw Mogwai playing Lulu Z Aggro. Um, which was a really interesting deck and seemed extremely powerful if it went off, if you got the right supports down and your opponent was incapable of interrupting you. And I will go ahead and put a a Leona deck or two in the show notes if you do want to check out or try to refine the lists that we have been running. Um, But uh, yeah, check check that stuff out. Check that stuff out. Check out some of those decks. Anything else you want to say about the first uh, the first day or two of of playing? Anything else you want to talk about specifically, DBN? No, I'm just really uh, really pretty happy with it. There's a lot more to explore, and I'm really thrilled to uh, to finally it's here. I mean, you know, we've been waiting for it, and we've got it, and it's just gonna be a blast looking through all this new stuff. And and I'm I'm excited to talk about it more over the coming weeks in a little bit more detail. Um, but uh, when 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 the technical difficulties are solved, but uh, there's just so much to explore, and I'm 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 stoked. Could be yeah, happier. Absolutely, we're gonna do a deeper dive. Did you notice there was a Bilgewater card too? Um, I didn't know that. It's called Monkey Business. It is. Oh a- yeah, I I think that that did get previewed. Um, but it was like the on the la- the day before, like pretty late. I think you I was might probably not gone. have been. You were gone, I think. Yeah. I was off the grid. Uh, but yeah, there, there's a couple uh, Bilgewater cards. You're going to want to check those out because they are interesting. Oh, I did not realize that. Hold up. there. Oh, there's two of them. Jack the Winner. Oh, that's funny. It's, yeah, it's no, a play it, on a serial killer. <laughs> yep. It, it'll it'll be, uh, there, there's going to be a lot, I think, to talk about, about those cards. And I, I do plan on experimenting with them over the next week but uh i think for now we should probably uh probably get out of here because i do have work in the morning (laughs) (laughs) absolutely let's go ahead we'll get ready out here let's jump over to closing thought and i thought i was already perfect okay guys my closing thought this week is really simple like i said we're gonna do a seven part champion spotlight in the next seven weeks i'm going to do a seven part closing thought on seven pillars of healthy relationships i pulled it from a book that i read over the last couple of days called keep your love on which is a really cheesy name it does come from a christian author but the vast majority of the book is just about how to create healthy relationships anyway so i i my closing thought for today is figure out how you deal with conflict and do it better. Um, It's the one of the most productive and the best things that you can do to show the people around you that you genuinely 
care about them. Um, in the book that I was reading, there's three different types of communicators. There's passive communicators, aggressive communicators, and passive aggressive communicators. And you can kind of figure out what each of those do. Passive communicators apologize for everything and never verbalize what they're actually thinking or feeling. Uh, aggressive communicator is a bully and a passive aggressive communicator is the worst of all of them because they act like they don't care, but they suck. And so the goal is, is not to be any of those things. Learn how to be in touch with what you actually feel, with what you actually think, and learn how to communicate those things effectively without manipulating, bullying, or telling people how they should feel. If you can learn how to communicate in conflict effectively, it vastly improves your relationships. If you catch yourself telling other people that their feelings aren't valid, you're an aggressive bully. Stop doing it. If you find that you're thinking something consistently in a one-on-one -on -one conversation and never actually coming out and saying what you're feeling in fear of what they'll think, you're not being selfless, you're being selfish. That person can never understand you and will never be able to comprehend you if you don't start telling them what you actually think and what you actually feel. If you find that you agree with people and then stab them in the back, well, you're malicious. Quit it. Start learning how to communicate with people better. The world is full of a lot of garbage and we can make it a little less full of garbage if we just learn how to assert ourselves in healthy and respectful ways. If you find yourself getting consistently caught in disrespectful conversations, get out of them. This was a really hard lesson that I learned this past week. I got pulled into a conversation that turned disrespectful in the first couple of comments. It stayed disrespectful, it stayed aggressive, and it stayed, quite frankly, terrible the entire time I was in it. And it ended up leaving a relationship in a complete and total wreck, one that I don't know that I can recover. If I had just started the conversation by saying, you're being disrespectful, and I'm not going to talk to you until you choose to be respectful, perhaps that relationship could have been saved sometime later down the road. I don't know if it could, but I learned a valuable lesson. So anyway, that's my closing thought. It's a little bit long, but in the next seven weeks, we're going to dive into the seven things that really make relationships work. And I promise to keep them short. And I think that if I may chime in. You may chime in, of course. Oh, good. Okay. I think that there's a really important thing in there, which is, um, you know, it's tough to hear, um, you know, okay, if you do this, just cut it out. Because I think it's because it's true. You need to cut it out. But I think that there's what's difficult is knowing, you know, that you're doing it and and it being something of a of a defensive mechanism. You know, mm -hmm. the way that you communicate can oftentimes be not so much proactive, but reactive to use card game terms. When you're put in uncomfortable situations, you may default to being passive aggressive. You may default to being aggressive and wanting to people to subdue and uh you know give into your opinions on things the, i think the key is knowing a what those triggers are that puts you in that you know reflexive uncomfortable situation and, and growing to be a little more comfortable um in those situations or at least more confident of yourself and and so you don't reflexively you know, uh, go back to those unhealthy communication patterns. But I think the other thing is being aware of your, you know, being aware of what you do um, 
in those situations or even like what you default to in situations where you, maybe you're not challenged, right? I think that we can all improve on our communication with loved ones, um, especially when it's someone we're very comfortable with. We might fall into a certain pattern that whether it's because it's the easiest way to get by um, or because it is, you know, maybe the way that the other person uh, you know, the other person is happy with, but I think that there can be weakness in that situation too. Like, for example, uh, I think I find myself, um, just personal anecdote. I tend to, uh, apologize for things, um, that really I have no need to apologize for things that aren't my fault. Right. Sure. Um, and I think it comes from, I, because I think it comes from a word choice thing. I say, sorry. What I mean is, um, that sucks. I'm sorry that happened to you. Um, and I think you need to be like aware of, you know, the word choice you're using and how that conveys a different, uh, you know, communication pattern. So I, there's a lot to unpack there, but I think the bigger thing, like, like I was saying is it really helps just to be aware of what your tendencies are like in anything, like in card games, like in sports, you know, if you have a, a certain, you know, in poker, if you have a tell, you know, if you're playing ultimate and, and everyone knows you have a certain move that you do before you throw, um, you know, a, a deep shot, like they're going to know to jump their hands up and block it because you've got that big tell, you've got that big wind up, maybe, you know, it's just like that. You got to know your tendencies so you can improve on them and, um, that's, that's, that's the starting point is a little bit of self, uh, analysis, but, um, absolutely really, really good stuff. Sure. And I we can all be better communicators. I say just quit it tongue in cheek, right? Like I realize that for a lot of folks like you, for me, like I can't just quit it. Right. Like, <laughs> but I can't, we can't do it. I, you know, it's hard. I, you would love to do a full blown counseling session. Uh, but in the last couple minutes of a podcast, you just can't, maybe you need, maybe, maybe you just need to get some help learning how you communicate, why you communicate that way and why those things trigger, get the help that you need. Um, like I said, I say that a little bit tongue in cheek. Obviously, if we all knew how, how to stop bad habits, we would just do it. Uh, la last closing thought. I promise. I promise. It's just this. I went away for 40 hours to be completely alone. Our lives are too full of noise. You never get a break from noise, from music to podcasts to talking to bosses to work to everything. You never, ever get away from noise. Find time to take a break and cut off the noise. I slept almost, I was in a hammock. No one up in the campsite anywhere around me, completely silent except for the sound of airplanes and nature around me for two nights. Um, it did wonders uh, for my energy, for my psychological health, um, and for my spiritual health. So find a way to take a break from noise in your life. Double closing thought today, man. Hey, double the spiritual enlightenment. So, double, hey. double the helping you, helping you do life. Double the helping you do life. Yeah, that's right. We can all, we can all use that. Absolutely. Hey, uh, if you haven't joined our Discord yet, join our Discord. There's a link in the chat if you want to find DBN. Uh, I'll put his YouTube down there, but you haven't done a YouTube in a video. video no, while, though right? I, I do hope to get some done this weekend with some of the new cards. So Okay, great. So I'll put uh, that'll happen. Yeah, I'll put a YouTube, <laughs> a, a link to his YouTube in there. Um, you can find my friend me on Twitch as well. It's it's down in the in the notes as well or in the description of the episode. Uh, so find us in all those places. Um, that's it. Thank you guys for tuning in and, and thank you for listening to this episode of Legends Cast. Be sure to come back again next week. 
Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was made possible by listeners like you. If you want to become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast or leave a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts.